I'm Zach. And I'm Michelle. And this is A Couple Games Gaming Podcast. Today we're going to change things up a bit and talk about our topic first. And after we talk about our topic, we're going to go into our recent plays. We had a special request for kid and family games. So we're going to touch on that first. I know we talked about uh, making this week's episode our weekend game night. We still will talk about some of the games that we play on weekends during our recent plays, but we're going to save that episode for another week. Right. So, here we go. Let's get into it. So, our topic today is kid and or family games. We're going to start with around toddler age, which we consider around age three. Our son, he plays with board game pieces, but it's really hard for him to wrap his you know, two-year-old mind around actually, actually playing a game. So we're going to go into games that are appropriate for around age three, maybe four. So one game that we actually have is called the Sneaky Snacky Squirrel. And we let our son play with the pieces uh, with this game, even though it is recommended three and up, but we obviously always have our eye on him. And the fun thing about this game is that there's a lot of fine motor skills involved in it, as well as color recognition. So the game comes with a really cute little squirrel. Like it's, uh, it's kind of like the tongs in the game. Like you're using the squirrel to pick up acorns. There's a spinner and the spinner um, tells you which color acorn to pick up. And then you're supposed to pick up that acorn using the squirrel and place it on your little board, which is um, designed as a tree trunk. So our son likes to play with the tree trunks. He likes to play with the squirrel. Sometimes we have to take away the acorns or we don't even give him those because they are a little smaller. Um, But it has a really good way of helping kids recognize color. There's also some fun things in there. Like you could land on the... Um, the squirrel that steals so you could like steal an acorn or you get to pick another acorn of your choice and then there's also like wind that blows off all your acorns off your tree trunks and so that one's obviously not the desired uh, one to land on with that spinner Um, but this game um, it's it has several other games that are very similar to it so we've been talking about the sneaky snacky squirrel but there's other variations of it with an otter, I believe it's the seashells. Sophie's, Sophie's seashells. Seashell, and that one is pattern recognition. So kids are starting to learn. Oh, if I uh, land on the polka dot, I have to pick up the polka dotted seashell and place it on my mat, or the striped seashell. And so that one's more focused on patterns instead of colors. So it's a little bit harder, I would say, uh, but it's the same concept and has the same little figurines, just designed in an otter instead of a squirrel. These games are very, very cute, very kid-friendly. They, I mean, just our son loves to just play with the little pieces. And so they definitely hold their attention well. And I know the company that makes them is called Educational Insights. You can get it on Amazon. This one was also really inexpensive. I believe when we bought it, it was less than $15. Yeah, I think it was less than 15 So we're definitely going to get more of them because I know there's a whole little series uh, right now, we'll just stick with the one we have. Right. And even the box is cute. It's like a tree. like a Oh, yeah. Shaped in a tree. I know the seashell one is like shaped in a seashell. So they're very, they're themed really, really well. Right. The The boxes are definitely very eye-catching. And the the components, the pieces have a nice like rubbery feel to yeah, them. They like ha- they're good quality. Yeah, very good quality. 
And that was, again, that was Educational Insights that makes those games. And they sell them on Amazon. So Very affordable, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one I want to talk to you all about is Animal Upon Animal. Now, I will say we haven't purchased this game yet, but I've, I've planned to buy this for a few years now. What Animal Upon Animal is, is these little wooden animals. They're all different sizes, different animals, different shapes, and they're all in different orientations. And what you're doing is you're stacking these. So each player has their own amount of animals, and they take turns rolling a dice, and it tells them what to do with these animals. So you have to stack them, and then if you're the first person to stack all your animals or get rid of all your animals, you win. If you knock down the stack, though, then you have to take some sort of penalty. And it just looks like a really fun game. Um, it has that dexterity, dexterity element where you're stacking and all the animals are different shaped and it just looks like a lot of fun yeah we have some just we've seen things where even like adults will play this game as like a filler before they play a you know adult a more adult game just because it's something that's really quick and can be done um without a lot of focus if you're an adult but obviously for a kid it would be something they really have to work at um, but again it does help them practice those different motor skills and things and it just kind of it occupies them in another way that's not just your typical Candyland, right and uh that was animal upon animal it's by abba which is h-a-b-a abba games and they make a slew of children's games games designed specifically for children and i know we'll be throwing some money at them here soon because we we want to get easton into games so Yes, they are a uh, German company, and all of their games are made with, like, all wood. They're really high Yeah, really, really good components. Very durable. Um, so that's something that we, we look forward to getting more of those ABBA games. Right. The next couple games that we talk about are really geared at kids starting around five years old. We kind of thought this was more your pre-K range, maybe kindergarten, early, early, early elementary school. And the first game that we actually love and have played with our niece and nephew is called Ice Cool. And this game, actually, there's two versions of it. There's Ice Cool and then there's Ice Cool 2 because it was so successful. And I'll tell you a little bit about it. Uh, Basically, the board is set up as a school. So the, it has, and it's also in the cold. So it's like an ice school i would say an igloo an igloo of uh, (laughs) um but it's set up as like you know there's classrooms and things like that hallways and every person is a penguin like that's your character in the game is a penguin and you are flicking the penguin around the school basically trying to you take turns being the hall monitor and you're trying to um basically get the other players by flicking your penguin into their penguin so it's a very active game and you're always doing something or you're always hoping your penguin doesn't get hit sometimes you're just trying to get your penguin out of the way because you know the hall monitor is coming down the hall and you don't you don't want to get hit when it's their turn so this is a really fun game and the board can be manipulated too right it kind of like it's how do you describe the so so the wall so what's really cool the box makes up the board for the most part and basically you it has a bunch of boxes within the box that you kind of orient 
into like the shape of a school. Mm-hmm. So, and like Michelle said, the hall monitor, everybody has a term being the hall monitor, but um, the rest, everybody else is trying to go around the school collecting fish. So the hall monitor knows where the little fish other penguins are going. And where the fish tokens are. Right. You know. And so if you flick the, if you're the hall monitor and you catch the penguins in the hallway, then I think you get their fish. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it's neat because, like Michelle said, you're flicking these penguins. They have round bottoms, so they slide and twirl and do all kinds of crazy things. You can jump over walls if you're mm-hmm, really good you know, with good with the flicking. Yeah. Or you could just flick it straight into a wall, and then that wouldn't be very good use of your turn. Yeah, but I mean, we played this with our niece and nephew when they were, I would say, almost five and almost seven. Right. Or six and a half. Right, because it was before Easton was born. And so... in our son. We didn't yeah, our son is Easton, by the way. <laughs> He's not quite two. Yeah, but. so that's a fun one. We highly recommend Ice Cool. Or Ice Cool 2, like Michelle said. That's the other version. And it can be combined with the original version to make like a mega school. Yeah, so, so they that one can be... There's a lot of options with Ice Cool. Right. The next one I'm going to talk to you all about is Forbidden Island. So what Forbidden Island is, it's a cooperative game where everyone at the table is trying to beat the game. We're all working together to beat the game. So you're explorers on this island that's sinking. And you have to collect four treasures around the island and get to your helicopter before the island sinks. It's it's fun because and it's kind of hectic. And what's cool is um, the island is made of tiles that are randomly placed each game. So every game the setup is different. Each explorer has its own little special power or ability, ability. that makes the game different as well. There's so you can have different combinations. And this game, like we've pl- we played this just us. Right. I mean, years ago. I mean, it's it's a kid game, but it's also it's entertaining for adults too, and it's helpful for for kids because you're all working together. So even if they don't quite catch on, they're learning from you. Like they're learning from the people that they are playing with, and they get better and they catch on. Like we've played with our niece and nephew, and you, it'll it'll feel like you're kind of helping a little bit more, but sometimes they come up with a really good idea too. Like oh yeah, that yeah, that's a good plan. Mm-hmm. So and that's Forbidden Island. It has a it also has a really cool toy factor. The components, the little treasures are nice. I know my nephew loves playing with them. He always wanted to hold them after we got them off the board. So, Or sometimes he just wanted to go play with those little... Or sometimes he just tokens. wanted to go play with them. <laughs> so, I mean, so far, like, all these games we've listed, they have a great toy factor to them, too. Right. It's not just a board with cards or something. They all have an, an element that kind of draws kids into them. Right. The next game that we're going to talk about is called Doodle Quest. And we got this for our niece and nephew several years ago for Christmas. And this is a almost like a tracing trace and drawing type of type of game. So every and there's probably 30 different overlays that come with this game and a little dry erase marker. And so um, you're trying to basically draw the 
it's like you're trying to draw whatever is in front of you and you're trying to trace different um all of these are sea creatures different underwater sea um fish or just crabs there's just different things you're trying to trace but um you don't get to actually have the overlay with you like you're looking at it from a distance and then you're basically seeing how well you did right so so let me help out here so imagine everybody has one of those clear overlay sheets in front of them just a blank transparent sheet Mm -hmm. then in the middle of the table that everybody's sitting around playing the game you have a picture and it'll tell you you need to get from it'll have like a treasure chest at the bottom of an ocean scene it'll have some sharks or something then it'll have like a diver at the top it says your job is to get the diver to the treasure chest but not get eaten by the sharks don't touch the sharks and then there's there's also more advanced uh pictures where it says you have if you can hit um the bubbles you get extra points or something and so you're trying to draw this line connecting the two things that aren't actually on your paper then you take your overlay and put it over the image and see how you did right and so you see how close you got um this worked really well with um, our niece who was a little bit older she was doing really good just watching the picture in the middle of the table and and getting really close to the treasure chest or you know circling however many fish you had to circle Um, but our nephew would actually just straight up trace it because he was only three or four at the time right and so this game kind of had a lot of you you could really differentiate your levels uh, if you have like different aged kids so that they could both have fun because even just tracing directly over is great for three and four year olds and then having that extra element of not really tracing but trying to guess where you're supposed to draw to get from point a to point b and hit different elements in between makes it harder for those older kids even adults like oh, it challenges yeah. your spatial awareness of you know a page like it's addicting like you want to keep doing it to see if you can get closer to the elements that you're trying to connect so we really like doodle quest that one we got on amazon but the last time i checked i knew it was out of stock um, right. there could be other places that sell that one um, it was a little bit pricier because there were a lot of, I mean, there the overlays and all the different sheets in it, but it wasn't more than right. $20. I think at the time we bought it, it was only about twenty bucks, though. Yeah. But last, like Michelle said, last time we looked, it was we couldn't find it. Um, but keep an eye out for it, Doodle Quest. It's really fun. Um, it definitely kept our niece and nephew enter- entertained for thirty, forty-five minutes, if not longer. And like we said, it's also fun for adults, too, that are playing with them. Yeah. So the next one we'll talk about is we bought it. We actually, we've only played it with my niece and my nephew. are the only children we've played it with. But we've played it with more adults. And it's called Pucket. Or I got my nephew the same version, or it's a different version, same game. It's called Fast Track. And what this is is, oh, gosh, how would you describe it? It's... Imagine a a board with a divider in the middle and there's only like a small space to go through the divider and then there's tiny almost little pucks. tiny little pucks and little rubber bands on each end that you're trying to shoot the pucks through the little okay. hole opening in the divider. And the goal of the game is to get all the pucks on your opponent's side. 
and you win. That's really it. That's really it. It's a fast, fast game, and it, there's a lot of movement, a lot of hype. Um, and our nephew likes the fast track version. And then we have... We have... It's called Puck It. We got it from Target, I believe, a few years ago, or maybe... Yeah, and this one, it's like a wood all wooden board that it really just sits out we don't put it away it's, yeah it's almost you it's know, on top it's, of a it cabinet. sits on top of a cabinet you couldn't even tell it was a game honestly just by looking at the side um yeah. but we got my nephew the fast track which was, it's a plastic version because at the time i think the pucket version was out of stock or fast track's easier to store and put in fact in fast track's easier to store and put away it's a little bit smaller yeah. so that was pucket and or fast track the next one on our list for this age group is called Codenames Disney. We talked a little bit about Codenames, and you may have heard of Codenames before, uh, the adult versions. Uh, but Codenames Disney is strictly Disney characters, anything from a Disney movie. And this has been a lot of fun with our niece and nephew. They're almost better at it than we are. So... Uh, what's great about this one is it has the picture on the front. So if it's, let's say it's Olaf, it'll have a picture of Olaf on the front, but then on the back, it'll just say Olaf. So it's great for kids that can't read yet, or you could make it a little bit harder and you could turn it over and you could have it on the side where it's words only. Uh, we've really only played with pictures only. What we've done, yeah, I want to say we've only done picture, like just doing the pictures so right. our nephew, when we played with him, he was only like four or five, five. Right. So he couldn't read at the time. And it was a really good, he was almost better at it than my niece. I won't say that because she might listen, but they, they really enjoyed it. They're uh, both really good at it. And they, um, I mean, if you haven't played Codenames before, um, it is a, it's a, it's a bunch of cards. You lay them all out in a grid, five by five grid. There are two people that are giving clues, and then the rest of the team is guessing. So it's it's a team game. Like you de- you need more people to play code names. I would say absolute minimum you need four. More fun with a bigger group, but four still works if you have two people giving clues, and then you have the other two guessing, and then you can rotate the next time, and you can have the people that guess be the clue givers, and you can switch it up. Um, or if you need to have the more experienced or older right and i would even suggest i've looked up not i've seen ways to play this as strictly a cooperative game where there's only one person giving clues and basically after they give clues their team goes and then what would be the other team they just automatically get two points each time Mm. or if you want to raise the difficulty three points or you want to lower the difficulty one point so yeah, Codenames has gotten a lot more popular um, as like a party game lately, and the Disney version just really makes it better for kids. Right. And the last one we'll talk about is, it's actually one we don't own, but I, I see people post about it in my board game groups all the time. It's called Rhino Hero. So what Rhino Hero is, it's another one of those stacking games. Everybody has cards, basically. And they're stacking these cards, and they're kind of bent, so they kind of they're able to stand. So everyone is stacking these cards, but depending what's on the card, it allows you to stack the cards in different ways. 
and basically the person that can get rid of all their cards first wins. It's kind of like a more advanced animal upon animal. And that was Rhino Hero. The very last one that we were going to talk about for this age group, we have not played, but it is on our wish list even now. We like I want this game. It's called SOS Dino. SOS Dino. And you it's a cooperative game, so you're working together to save the dinos. It's it's the general gist of it. And again, it's got really cute characters. It's it's a very visually it's a it just looks like a very well-made game. Um, and it's just another one that's on our list that we want to get. And that was SOS Dino. So the next group of games we're going to talk about are for mid to late elementary. The first one I want to talk about is Forbidden Desert. This is another cooperative game, and it's actually the sequel to Forbidden Island. You've crash landed in the desert. It works with the tiles again, so the setup is random each time you play the game. And what you're trying to do is find the pieces to an ancient flying machine and escape before the desert buries you. Yeah, the storm. Yeah, basically buries everybody. It's a harder game. Definitely, the more people, the better, because everybody's ability helps you to really win the game, because you're all trying to get out trying to get out and get all the pieces before the storm yeah covers. basically you're you're going around exploring this desert getting rid of sand finding technology and things like that but you're also um after your turn's over you have to flip cards that are bad which is going to cause sand to blow in the storm's going to pick up or the sun's going to beat you down and you're going to run out of water yeah so there's a, there's a lot more to that game honestly I think it, it was probably more for, like, late elementary school Forbidden Desert. Right. Um, it, it's going to require a lot more focus. So that's uh, – and even I would say that could be go well into middle school too. Right. We still play it and we still lose. We and, But the good thing about that is when you win, you feel like you've really accomplished something. That's true. The next game we're going to talk about is called King Domino. And this is made by Blue Orange Games. They make a lot of board games that we play, and King Domino is just one of them. But this one is a tile placement game. Um, It really is a lot like dominoes, but without the numbers. It's more about the patterns that are on the tiles. Uh, It's all themed around a kingdom. So you have, you know, the forest section of the kingdom you have your little castle in the middle that you're building around and you're trying to keep the forest together because you get more points that way or you're trying to keep the water section of the tiles together because again you get more points that way and then you have the kind of desert area and then you have uh the like sand or it's like the rocky area so super similar to dominoes just a lot prettier and you're building a kingdom and you get points for connecting the most like areas together um, you can build a five by five grid if you don't have much time or you can build a seven by seven grid um, if you have more time so this one works really well for young kids too um, I mean I would think it could kind of fall into an earlier elementary age uh, just depending on you kind of you know you're, you know 
kids better um, because there's no reading involved. They don't have to, they don't have to wait. Doesn't really require a lot of patience. You're really just matching different tiles together. Right. You're matching different tiles together. And what I would say is a slightly more advanced, but a parent could help in this is the multiplication. So there is some basic multiplication, how you score your points, you multiply the number of squares of that region times the number of crowns that are in that region. So all the tiles, they may have zero to two crown, maybe even three crowns on them. So you say I have three forests squares connected and there's two crowns amongst them so I have to multiply three times two yeah so there's some basic multiplication but hey that's good you know practice it's good math practice there's a lot I mean there's so much like problem solving in these games that like kids don't even realize they're doing so uh, what we also love about King Domino is it has a companion game so if you got really into that or if you had a little bit older kids that were really into King Domino there's a Queen Domino that you could look at later down the road it adds a lot more complicated elements but we have both we love both we play queen domino more now but sometimes with family we know we will just play king domino and keep it a little simpler right and that was king domino by blue orange games the next one i'll talk about is sushi go and it's by game right games i think game right actually makes the forbidden desert and the forbidden island as well but what Sushi Go is, or Sushi Go Party would be the version I would look for, it is a card drafting game. So if you've ever played a game like, I always think of Spoons, where you have a hand of cards, and then you're given a card, and you look, and then you pass cards to each other. Basically, you're, you take a hand of cards, and you, can, you keep one of them, and you tuck it, and then you pass the rest. And basically, you're trying to build the best sushi dish, and each card is a different type of sushi and it tells you how it scores basically yeah and there are different sushi meals you can make or different things they call it the menu Mm -hmm. um, cards that you can add to the deck and things like that and basically it's just fun because you're you're trying to deny people stuff and you're like oh i like this card but then i know so and so just took that card so i don't want to pass in this card and Sorry so. if you're hearing fireworks. It's the 4th of July as we record this, so they've just started uh, going off. Right. Uh, the Sushi Go alternative, if you, if like, say that theme is just like, oh, we're not going to like that. Like our We're family. not sushi people. Yeah. Well, then there's also Go Nuts for Donuts, which is an extremely similar concept. You're just making all sorts of extravagant donuts. So. Right. You're trying to draft the donut to get the most points basically that's yeah. all it is but yeah that might be more kid oriented kid i don't friendly. know any kids that like sushi so yeah donuts might be more friendly the next one on our list is ticket to ride so this one was given to me by my uncle when i was in high school but i think that's just because when it came out that's the age i was about this game is you're building routes around the United States probably and you're on your turn you can either take a card or you can play cards so what you're trying to do is you're trying to match colors collect sets of colors to lay out your trains on these different colored tracks this is a great one because again you don't have to necessarily know how to read yet and a lot of the times like 
board games are kind of hard for kids because if they aren't really great at reading yet, you have to do a lot of the work for them. This one is not like that at all because they're just trying to get four yellows to build their four yellow train. Or they're just trying to get two blues to build a two blue train. Or maybe they're going all out and they want the six orange train. So they're trying to collect six orange cards to build their orange train. So it's, it's very um, con- like conceptually easy to grasp. And Ticket to Ride has tons and tons and tons of expansions that are not just the United States. Right. That we, we have Europe. We have United States, we have Europe, we have Italy, Japan. and Japan. There's also some beginner versions. I believe there's Ticket to Ride, My First Journey is designed to be like a junior version. And so if you know where your um, child's at, you can decide which version to get them. There's also Ticket to Ride New York, which I feel like I've, I've read, I don't have it, but or we don't have it, but it's supposed to be a quicker version. This game's not necessarily long, though. I would say it takes an hour-ish. Yeah, it probably takes around an hour. Less experience, though, might take longer. Right. Uh, but And the more players, too, I would say. Yeah, more players. Makes it take a while sometimes. Right. But yeah, the New York version could be another idea, or the My First Journey version of Ticket to Ride, uh, just to kind of, if you're looking for something that won't take as much time. Um, but it's, it's cool because it helps kids learn about geography and kind of figure out where things are whether it's in the United States or whether it goes into Europe and other countries Uh, so we really like Ticket to Ride and that's one that that was one of the very first games we played together maybe right we played it early on we played it after on New Year's Day one year yeah it's the first time I had ever played it so that's good that's Ticket to Ride The next one we're going to talk about is Just One. This is a fairly new game, and we've just played it uh, over the past six months, I would say, give or take. It's a a party game. I would say it's something that you need at least five people to play with. I I believe you can play it with four, and I think there's even a three-player variant in the back of the rule book, but it's... I would recommend it with four more, like Michelle said. Yeah, this one you are, everyone has their own mini dry erase board and like a dry erase board marker. And you are going around the group, each taking turns. Being the guesser. Being the guesser. So I'm holding a card and it has five words on it if I'm the guesser. And I'm going to show my card to the whole group. I'm not looking at it, though. I have no idea what's on the card. I'm just looking at the back of the card. And there are five words numbered one, two, three, four, five. And all I do is call out a number. And then the whole group can see whatever word it's referring to. And then they have to write a word on their mini dry erase board to try and get me to guess the actual word that's on my card. And so this one's really good because you have to try and, like, come up with the right description that's not too good because if anybody in the group has the same description they have to erase it right and they don't get to write another clue so before the guesser gets to see all the words that people wrote down the clue givers compare their clues and any same words are eliminated yeah so i mean i just the one that kind of jumped out and came to mind was, was wasn't there one that was like king or something two people 
um, put royal, and they had to erase those words. Right. And so then the, were, whoever the guesser was was only left with, like, crown. And I don't even remember. But there were just weren't as many clues, so it was harder for them to guess. Uh, so you're, this is another cooperative game, I would say. You're, you're, you're not going against each other. Right. You're, you're trying to let everyone guess. You want them to get it right. So if you're looking for something that's not really competitive, not super intensive a game, this is a great one. We yeah. played it just laying on our couch both times, and we just rotated the card around because we, we didn't even want to sit at a table. Yeah. Last time my family was in town, like Michelle said, we just laid on the couch, and we played this and just passed the deck of cards around. And when my sister got home, she she bought a copy and played it with um you know their other side of the family and that was just one i believe it was 2019's game of the year i could be wrong on that but it was at least nominated yeah and the our our niece did really well with it too she and um, she's eight so it was good age for her right she was a little shy at first she wanted to be on the team or she she needed somebody to spell check her um so <laughs> but she did great with but it. she did really well i'm glad yeah so that was just one and the next game we're going to talk about is flashpoint fire rescue so this game is another cooperative game where you're working together to you're working as firefighters and you're trying to rescue or check on different areas of a burning house um, they call it in the game i think they call it Points of interest. Points of, as we say, areas of interest. Yeah, points of interest. So you're having to go check on these different points of interest in the house to see if it's actually... A person, or sometimes it's a pet, or something like that. Something to rescue, or if it's nothing at all. Uh, So you have, you get to alternate turns, and you're just trying to search around the house and basically collect and rescue what you can, and then get everyone out safe. Right, so on your turn, you're moving around the house, like Michelle said, and you're fighting a fire as well with this. So there's this fire that's raging in the house, and after you do your turn, you roll the dice, and the fire spreads. And if it happens to, if if the dice say, go to a spot that already has fire, there's going to be an explosion, and so there's going to be even more fire. And something to, to me, Flashpoint and Forbidden Desert have a similar... You're working together to do something. Right. But if you're kind of wondering, like, okay, well, levels, I would say Flashpoint is easier than Forbidden Desert. So if you're trying to look for something that's like a work-together game that's really challenging, Forbidden Desert is the most challenging. Flashpoint Fire Rescue, when we've played it, we've won that one several times. Right. We've also played it on the lower difficulty. difficulty. You can upscale it. There's a... um, the board's double-sided, which is cool. So there's two different maps, and I think you can even buy more maps. Then there's also events that you can throw in. So you can make it harder. You oh. can make it harder if you want. We've only played the basic because we it's not one we play a lot, so it's we you know don't want to read up on all the rules. We just read up on the quick start rules and yeah. do that. So that was Flashpoint Fire Rescue. The next one I want to talk about is... King of Tokyo. So King of Tokyo is a game where you are monsters and you're trying to be the best monster in Tokyo. And I like it because there are two ways to win this game. And I, that that's always seems cool to me. You can either win by getting 20 points 
or by knocking out everyone else at the table. If you knock everybody's health down to zero, then you win. It's a game that's played similar to Yahtzee. You roll dice, see what comes up, you get to pick what you want to re-roll, and then whatever's left after three rolls is what you're stuck with. So what can happen is you could roll claws where you're attacking who's ever in Tokyo. If you're in Tokyo, you're hitting everybody else that's outside of Tokyo. And if you're in Tokyo, if people roll claws, you're, get, you're the punching bag, basically. You can roll numbers, and if you get three of a kind on the numbers, you get that many points. And then there are little energy symbols, which if you roll those, you get energy that lets you buy cards that give you abilities in the game. It might be a little advanced, and you could probably play it without the energy. So you could just play with points and the hits, and then I think you can roll hearts to heal, but the only caveat is you can't heal when you're in Tokyo. So when you're in Tokyo, you're kind of the punching bag, but if it rolls back around and to your turn and you're still in Tokyo, you didn't leave, then you get a lot of points. So there's incentive out. there. So that was King of Tokyo. I know Michelle's not a huge fan of it. Yeah, I don't know. That's not one of my favorites, but we've, we've played it with bigger groups of people and everyone seems to be like having a good time. It's just not... I don't know. I'm also... I don't like games where you're just, like, constantly trying to destroy the other person. Like, I kind of like a little bit more... She likes her games more friendly. Strategy, just more friendly. I don't know. Happier. But this is a great one for... I feel like it's just a great one for kids. I just, you know, just... It's the rolling the dice and trying to get in and out of the Tokyo City. The monster creatures. They're... It's a, it's a good one. Yeah. We're and not going to get rid of it. Yeah. little caveat here is this is one I've seen in different sitcoms that we watch on TV, like um, Blackish. They they had it on their game shelf in Blackish. and oh, um, that's funny. Yeah, and other things like that. I always love seeing board games and TV shows, you know, that aren't like Monopoly or Scrabble or things like that. Not to knock those games. I We're just, just like trying these to games share better. all the games that aren't. Monopoly right, we're trying life. to, <laughs> you know, show you a whole new world, enlighten you. Of just other board games that are out there. Right. The next one we're going to talk about is called Downforce. And we played this with our families. And this is one that, it, it's actually one of those where you are kind of getting in the way <laughs> of other people. But I do like this one. I like this one a lot better than King of Tokyo. Uh, you're, you're race car drivers and you, have diff- you own different race cars. You're trying to be the first one around the track. So there's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot more to it than that. Um, and let me just say before we get into it, there we have not played this with anyone that has disliked it. Like everyone we've played it with, they go out and buy it. They, they go out and buy a copy because they liked it so much. So Downforce, it's by Restoration Games. You're going, you bid on cars in the beginning. So you buy cars, so you're spending money. Then you're racing around the track. You're betting on cars as well so it's not just about getting your car to the finish line it's about betting on the right car too so in that sometimes that might not be your car could be your neighbor's car because you could get blocked in yeah you're on this track where you can only move one square at a time so you do have cards that say you move seven so you move seven blocks ahead or you move five blocks ahead but everyone else is moving your car 
So this isn't like a play-by-play of how to play this game, but it's just trying to share a little bit about it so that you want to go buy it. It's it's a really good one. We have all the expansions for it that added new boards. Uh, so we have, like I think, four different boards for that one. Yeah. 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 So it's a good one. Again, like everyone we've ever played this with loves it. Loves it. They go out and buy a copy. So that's Downforce by Restoration Games. Okay. Next one we have here is Megaland. And this is another target game. Uh, this is a, a quick game of... Um, gosh, you're almost... You're, you're going into this land, but you don't want to be there too long because you might get eaten by a monster. So you got to go into the land, and then you got to get out of the land with your resources just in time. Right. So... Michelle doesn't like my description of this. I always call it blackjack, but it's it's like gamer's blackjack, but it's not. It's almost like you're letting it ride. So you you put your little figure on this land at the start of the turn, and you flip a card. And the card might be a monster, or it might be nothing. And either way, if it's a monster, you lose health. If it's nothing, nothing happens. But you get a treasure card. And then you get to decide, do I want to stay? Do I want to let this ride? Or you can take your treasure you've gotten so far and go home so if you stay you flip over another card and you know you either get hit or you don't get hit but you get another treasure so it is yeah it's it's kind of it's gambling it's gambling. what you're doing so with your treasure that you get oh and if you lose all your health you don't get any treasure so that's why it's you know it's kind of risky do i stay do i not stay and sometimes the monster will take you know it could take anywhere from three health to one health yeah so yeah. there's there's definitely some strategy in there it's good we've played it with my mom and my younger sister and we we got it too just knowing like oh this will be a great game for our kids in the future right there's and help them with strategy and just the odds as right probability of different things and so the treasure you're buying cards to go in your little town there's a little reading on the cards that would be the the only thing if, if yeah there's just a little bit of reading on the cards you buy uh, but it not not too much. Right. All right. The last and final final game that we are going to talk about for our recommendations for kids and families is Sagrada. Yes, Sagrada. It's a beautiful game. There's. It's about making stained glass windows, which it sounds like kind of lame, but it's so pretty. Such a gorgeous game. Yeah. The all the boards are really pretty. The dice are really pretty. I just. The whole layout, the little gems and tokens, everything about it looks phenomenal. And this is really just a dice placement game. Right. So each player has their own little stained glass window that they're trying to fill with the different colored dice. And on the different windows are colors and there's also numbers. So if you have, you know, a red square, only a red die can go in there. And if you have a three on one of your windows, only a three can go in there. The trick is numbers can't touch the same number. Colors can't touch the same color. Right. So a red can't go next to a red, and a three can't go next to a three, and so on and so forth. And that's really the only reading. So there isn't, there really isn't yeah. a lot of reading in this game at all. I, I think from just playing and maybe attention span i would say maybe later elementary school though i don't think younger elementary would be able to really 
I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. We have not played yeah. this one with our nieces and nephews. We play this on the two of us a lot. And, I mean, I know it says, I'm sure, for eight and up or something. Right. And there, there is, like, a little caveat I'll say with, like, all these games is you may look them up and they'll say ages 12 and up, ages 14 and up. And that's – a lot of that has to do with how they are taxed or the – Oh gosh, these um, the manufacturing process and things like that is they have to put a certain label, a certain age, or else it's considered a toy, and then it has to go through all sorts of testing to be considered a toy instead of a game. So, so there's a lot of games that are out there that are labeled older than what they really. Are. You could play them with a lot younger kids. They're right. just trying to avoid the headache basically of it being titled a toy instead of a game Um, but really that's our list for the games we've kind of picked out for from toddler all the way up to late elementary school early middle school and i mean please feel free to follow us on instagram if you ever have a question about any of these games we will be more than happy to answer Uh, we are a couple games 2014 that's it and I'd be happy to, like, answer any questions about any of these games or just give reminders. And so now we're going to talk about the games we've been playing recently. We're going to try to run through this pretty quick because we're already going over our usual 30-minute mark. So the first game on our list is Smartphone Inc., this is one I backed on Kickstarter about a year ago, and it came in a week or two ago. I made a video on how to like pack this thing back in the box because it came so full with so much cool stuff. But basically in this game, you are the CEO of a smartphone company, and you're trying to research technologies, get into other countries' markets, and sell your phone better than your opponents and the way you do that is you have these two pads where you can like align them a certain way and overlap them and that determines what you're going to be doing throughout the round yeah we had a really fun time playing this one we were learning it for about half the game and so we didn't really get going till the second half of the game but we're excited to play it again all right The next one on our list is Everdale, and this is um, another Kickstarter game I backed probably about six months ago, and it's a game where you're little woodland creatures, you're trying to build your town, and you're trying to make your town better than your opponent's town. And again, this game looks really, really pretty. It has a really cute tree in the middle of it. Like a 3D tree. 3D, yeah, three-dimensional tree. Uh, really cute resource tokens with the berries and the stone and the the logs or the, like the little wooden pieces and then uh, the little gems. Oh yeah, and then your little meeples are little animals and they're all different. You know, yeah. the squirrels look like squirrels. And, and there's like the little turtle creatures. There's otter creatures. There's a slew of them. There's yes, there's a lot. So Everdell also we'll probably talk more about this on another epi- on another podcast episode when we have more time is we're definitely going to play it again. We have all four expansions to it, so we'll hit a lot more on that. Again, we're still learning it, too. We've only played Still it. getting our feet wet. Yeah, we've played it twice, though, so far. Yeah. The next one we played this week is called Welcome To. 
This one is your is building a neighborhood, kind of like building your perfect neighborhood. You have pen and paper, like you're actually writing on your the paper, like it comes with a whole It comes with like a pad of these neighborhood sheets. Yeah, and then you're flipping cards that have different numbers on them and you're putting them in order least to greatest um in your on your streets. You have you only have three streets that you're working with. So we love Welcome to. This is a really quick game that we'll play on the weeknights. It only takes about 30 minutes. And it's always a toss-up. Like, I swear we go back and forth on, like, who's going to win that yeah, one. Yeah, and this this is one we've played probably 20 to 30 times at this point. So yeah. it's one we really like. We bought all the seasonal components to it as well. Right. So, like, right now we're playing the summer editions. We have the Halloween. We have the Christmas. We have the Easter. So you can buy different add-ons to Welcome To. Yeah. The next one we played this week was called Five Tribes. This is kind of like a classic in the board gaming world. Um, it's very well known, although I had never heard of it until we started all of this board gaming um, craziness. So it really reminds me of Mancala, more like back in the day, except on a tile grid. Yeah. And you're building like camels and you're building palaces and not camels, yeah, camels and palm trees and. Right, yeah. The the way you... It's got like an Arabian Nights feel. Yeah, it definitely has that Arabian Nights feel. You The way you take your turn is you pick up all the little meeples on a tile and you move around Mancala style where you drop a meeple at each tile. And the only rule is you have to land on a tile with the same colored meeple as you're putting down. Right, and there's four colors. And there, there's five colors. Oh, you're right. Five tribes. Yeah. Yes. So, and you're you're scoring different points, different doing different things. You're summoning genies. You're building palaces. You're building palm trees, like Michelle said, and you're putting down camels to claim your land. Yeah. So I we really like Five Tribes, even though I'm horrible at it. Zach wins almost every time we played. You've, you've won once. One time, yeah, but we've played it like fifteen times. So I don't have a good winning record on it, but I still really like it. That was Five Tribes. The last one on here we were going to talk about for this week is called The Networks. In The Networks, we played this a couple nights ago, you are building the best TV network station that you can. It's pretty much the right. whole. And you get points for everything that you do. The person who has the most viewers is what they call points. So you have the most viewers, then you win. Right. So what you're doing on your turn is you're taking either... Um, a commercial or an ad you're take to get money or you're taking an actor that can go into one of your shows or you're picking up a show to put in one of your three time slots every show has like a preferred time slot where it does better and at the end of the round you add up your viewers to go on the scoreboard and then all your shows age so some shows when they age they get better like oh season one was good but oh man wait till you get to season two that's when you're you know really gonna have a lot of viewers right but then some shows by season three nobody's watching it they have like two viewers so you gotta you gotta restock your show restock it with your ads and a new movie star so we really hadn't played that game in a long time so it was really good to get that one back out right that's one we really like the networks by formal ferret games to close out we just want to share why we really like 
board games so much and just share all these different games that a lot of people don't know about, especially when we're all stuck at home for the most part during this time. These games really give a lot of different avenues for keeping kids entertained, keeping parents entertained, and allowing the screen to not just take over all day long, too. Right, because <laughs> most of y'all are probably working from home, or you're like me, you, you look at your phone every, you know, so often. You're So this is a way to minimize screen time, especially for kids and families. It's You're doing something together. So we hope you enjoyed our kid and family recommendations. And then also kind of you got to hear what we played this week. Uh, we always try and add a segment into every podcast about our recent plays since we're playing games pretty much every night uh, <laughs> these right. days. So we hope we inspired you to go out and buy some games, entertain your kids, entertain your family, or just have fun. One other thing I want to mention before we close out. There is also a board game cafe in Plano. So if you are local or anywhere near the Plano area, uh, there's a board game cafe where you can actually rent some games. So if you're kind of like on the fence about some and you're like, I don't know, well, go check out. They're open. They do rentals. And then you can see if it's worth it or not. So it's it, called Friends and Foe Board Game in Board Game Cafe in, in Plano, Plano, Texas. In Plano, Texas, and they're right off Custer? Yeah, uh, yes, we went the other day, actually. Yes, fantastic. So, we hope you enjoyed this. Until next time, I'm Zach. And I'm Michelle. And this has been A Couple Games. I'm Zach. And I'm Michelle. And this is A Couple Games Gaming Podcast. Today we're going to change things up a bit and talk about our topic first. And after we talk about our topic, we're going to go into our recent plays. We had a special request for kid and family games. So we're going to touch on that first. I know we talked about uh, making this week's episode our week end game night. We still will talk about some of the games that we play on weekends during our recent plays, but we're going to save that episode for another week. Right. So, here we go. Let's get into it. <laughs>